Hello listeners and welcome to the Protégé Podcast. We have been gone for a little while, but we are back and we are ready to teach you everything we can about the build and design world. I'm sitting here with Christina Morsman. Uh, we are underneath a table at our office, getting the best audio we possibly can. I hope you can tell the difference. Better than a bathroom. Better than a bathroom. Better than <laughs> we've had. Uh, and today we're going to talk about the power of the blueprint, the bread and butter of the design world. Christina, why don't you just dive on in? Yeah, so this is something that has been coming up in a lot of my clients' questions lately as they move through different phases of the process. Uh, what does their blueprint do? What kind of power does it hold? And why do they need it? Uh, and, you know, that answer is actually quite different depending on who you ask and what you're using it for. There's three main departments, you would say, or phases that you need your blueprint for. One of them is going to be for the building department, and that's essentially legally why you have one. The second is when you're getting costs and estimates for actually building your project. And the third is how it plays the part and when the project's being built because it's essentially used as a roadmap for the build as well. So where does it start? You start with creating your blueprint with a designer or architect and you actually don't need necessarily need an architect on every project. A lot of residential projects you just need a designer um, and then maybe a structural engineer. So with the blueprint the main purpose of it is to attain a permit at the building department and what you're showing is the existing conditions of your project space as they stand today and then also what you want to do what you want to change and depending on whether it's just inside or outside you're demoing you're adding electrical whatever it is that is the job of your designer or architect to represent on your blueprint set and the level of detail and what kind of information it, it can depend on, you know, per request, or it can depend on a little bit more specifically what you're building, or some designers or architects may put information that is more relevant to the builder and helps their process or helps them see things that would have otherwise uh, gone unnoticed and unforeseeable that may have cost more money later. That is kind of the initial stage is the building department, you legally need it to pull a permit for your project. That's when it's really technically important down to the inch because you have what you call building code. And if they say, okay, there needs to be a 24 inch clearance here or a 30 inch you know, hallway, you're showing on those plans that you are going to build the walls that far apart so that you have that much space as is legally required. So that's when it's really a roadmap and the building department's there to make sure that you're not breaking any of the building codes and that everything is being added and that you have proper light, ventilation, kind of the basics like that. So you've gotten the permit from the building department. Where do you go now? The next step is to, of course, figure out what it's going to cost to build Blueprint. Um, and this is when your Blueprint surprisingly holds the least amount of power. This is something that we work with heavily on the consulting side is, okay, you've designed this blueprint, you've said, I want this barn door. I want, you know, a metallic paint color on the ceiling. I want a dual flush toilet. I want a stainless steel sink, whatever it is. 
you can list all kinds of things on the blueprint. You know, you can say, I want seven outlets in this room. But the unfortunate thing is that doesn't mean when you get a bid from a contractor, builder, handyman, whoever it is that you're going to these prices for, that they have to put that in their numbers. And the, they have no legal obligation to put your exact blueprint specifications in their bid? No. If they're putting what they call to code, so say they're like outlets to code, but you and I have decided you want you know, a few more outlets on these walls because we know that there's going to be a TV there, a sound system there, whichever it is, they can put in the bid outlets to code and subtract what we had from the plan. And that'll make their price look lower and they're technically building the job what to what's legal, but no, it's not including all these other things that we have decided we wanted. Legal as in uh, the bare minimum amount. Right, so built to code means what is absolutely the bare minimum to get by when the building inspector comes. Some people think that's a good thing, and of course it's a good thing to do the bare minimum. Yes, we hope that happens. Uh, but built to code is often mistranslated as built to what it should be, the highest standard. But no, it's uh, it just means that they're following the rules. Do you think your average homeowner can look through all of the bids being presented to them and be able to tell these little nitpicky details? And that's the thing, is that when you have these estimates, they're not all-inclusive in terms of, say, drywall, insulation, framing. One, because some people just don't put those things because the average homeowner doesn't know what it really means if they look at it. But sometimes it can be because they're not including those costs to make their price look lower. Um, or they can say, okay, we're doing switches, but it didn't include dimmers. Some things are just one person assumes that the homeowner's providing it and another person assumes that they're providing it um, and it's a casual misunderstanding. Other times it's intentionally uh, crafted to be the perceived best. They're trying to get <laughs> So what happens when something is left off of the bid and it was on the blueprint and you're five months in and you're saying, oh, I, well, I wanted those dimmers. I wanted that double flush toilet. If it was on the blueprint, there is, like I said, there's nothing saying that they had to include that cost. And what they'll sometimes do, if you do decide you want that extra thing, they'll say, okay, well, we just included a standard white toilet. And you're like, okay, well, I the blueprint said I wanted the dual flush. And they say, okay, well, here's the price difference from the type of toilet that we included versus the one that you want, and then they'll give you a bill for the difference. But you see how this could be a staggering effect throughout what kind of faucet you wanted, what kind of sink you wanted, the tile, etc. cetera. Um, it, it's a domino effect that can add up to thousands and thousands and thousands. And so having somebody that can look through your contract and even just verify what could be very innocent um, that, you know, that you guys have the same expectations as to what's included. And more importantly, that when you're comparing bids from different builders, that they are the same. Because that's the other thing is you may be getting bids for 
different pieces of the project and you're looking at prices that include and exclude all kinds of things from the blueprint. It's uh, it's a jumble that you definitely need a professional set of eyes on to save quite a bit of money. Have you seen this happen to homeowners before? Every, every time I've uh, followed a design outside of the design process and into the build process, this has happened every by, single every time. Single time. Um, for example, there was one that I did a few years ago that was a quarter million dollar uh, basement finish, you know, and it had the home theater and it had a full bar and it had, you know, a beautiful curved staircase and all of these things. And the first time we read through it, we found about $40,000 worth of items oh. that were left out as exclusions that were not stated they were left out as exclusions. Um, and then it, the contract language was tricky because it said that they had the right to exclude or include things at their interpretation. That was kind of a catch-all of, <laughs> they could kind of price out whatever they wanted based on whatever they thought the blueprint was communicating. Uh, fun little caveat there. <laughs> so if this happens to everyone, how could you even go about protecting yourself from it? If, you know, obviously the first thing I would recommend is to get professional eyes on it, that it's a third party, and that's something that we do here at Protégé. Um, but the next thing you can do is just compare them side by side to each other. And if one includes something that another one doesn't, build a list of those items. And those are great follow-up questions when you're going through each builder's bid. Use it to kind of create a template of, okay, well, this one said this is included. Why doesn't the other ones talk about that? Trying to count them against each other. And then the thing that I always recommend is ask for quantities as much as possible. Because uh, one may say outlets per plan or outlets included and uh, not exactly have the same amount or have half the amount. I've seen them not include outlets at all. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's not to code. That's, no, no. And that's the funny thing is I've even seen them, you know, exclude things from the price that would be required to build the project at all. Um, and so, yeah. We just it, left the whole house off. Yeah. This, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, when it comes to, especially things like plumbing fixtures is a big one. Um, you know, making sure that things say materials and install, labor and uh, materials, fixture included, as well as the installation of it and the plumbing for it. Uh, and so making sure that it includes basic steps like that. So labor and install is one of the biggest things we look for. So let's say you've accepted a bid, you're confident that you're getting as close to the blueprint as you can within a good price range. What next does your blueprint need to do? So the next part that the blueprint serves the project for is a very detailed roadmap when they're in their building, you know, hopefully down to the half inch, depending on who designed and built it, what kind of detail they have in their plans, whether it's the cabinet layout, whether it's the tile design, whether it's just wall thicknesses and where the layout of those go and where fixtures go. But it, it can be a very powerful tool in providing a lot of clarity to the builder to make sure that unforeseeables or things that um, would make them build it a little bit differently on site or things that they would have to just problem solve through if it had been notated before 
can be very powerful. People don't necessarily realize that sometimes even a half inch here, a half inch there, adds up to five, six inches across a whole space can make or break whether or not something is even able to be built and passes code or whether those built-ins you want can even go in or whether that bar sink can be added and has the space for it. Precision and the more detail that your blueprint has, especially on the side for the builder, so like the, you know, the mechanical, the electrical, the plumbing, um, those details really matter, especially when they're trying to charge you for demolition or tying into the existing plumbing and knowing where things are so that they can properly account for those building systems and making sure you get proper airflow to the bedrooms and these problems that occur all the time and you're like, okay, well, why is this bedroom really hot and this one really cold? It's things like that that can be, you know, saved if you have somebody building your blueprint that puts a lot more detail into it than the next person. And that's the end of the blueprint's journey. That is a good portion of the blueprint's journey. <laughs> um, all of these little portions go in deeper, of course, and maybe that's something that we'll have another podcast over is going into each of these individually. But the point is that the power of your blueprint is different at different stages. And don't assume that just because something is on it that is going to be built that way, that it can be built that way, that you've been charged for it to be built that way or that it's included, um, or that even the building department will necessarily approve it. That's a whole nother level. Knowing the power of your blueprint and where you could lose time and money is, is a big thing that you need to watch for. Well, I definitely think we will continue to discuss the power of the blueprint here at the Protégé podcast. Uh, thank you, Christina, for sitting down with me to give us a little taste of what it's all about. I am Mary Catherine Carroll. This has been the Protégé podcast with Christina Morsman. Have a good one.